Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. That is all real terminology from the curly hair community. You haven't scrunched them out yet. I haven't scrunched out the crunch, so if I mooch them, then they're going to get smooched. <laughs> We've been in. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Listen, transitioning to natural hair is a big deal for black women and half black women. Or any fraction thereof. Yeah. <sighs> okay, we're in. Hooray, we're here. We're here, we did it. I have some business. Yay. Welcome back to Mystery Team Inc. I'm Maggie. I'm Kayla. And this is still Mystery Team Inc. <laughs> Uh, what if one day we came back and we were like, this is just the answers to solved things. Yeah. We could call that Answer Squad LLC. LLC. <laughs> <laughs> answer Squad LLC will be a mini series. Yeah. Where we be. only say the last sentence. Yeah. Of like, we can just do the last line of every Nancy Drew novel. Ceremonial quacking. Yeah. Quack, quack, motherfucker. The crisp taste of mystery. Oh. <laughs> Go ahead. Okay. So I am doing the mystery of the murder of Blair Adams. Ooh. Mm-hmm. So Blair Adams was the foreman of a local construction company in oh, Surrey, it British sounded Columbia. Like, it sounded like the coolest girl at... No. Local high school. It's, it's a man in his 30s. Oh, man. <laughs> She's like on the cheerleading squad. Mm-hmm. She's like, go local. <laughs> go local mascot. Yeah. Their mascot is the locals. <laughs> <laughs> that's brilliant. Cut that out so we can use that in something. Okay. Or leave it in, but like, that's ours. Okay. Copyright that. <laughs> Copyright men? copyrighted he was well liked and friendly and optimistic nobody in his life had anything bad to say about him he was living a normal life doing whatever until one day well wait oh wait it's more like one summer ah (laughs) don't go in that lake in the summer of 1996 (laughs) he started to have um Frequent and wild mood swings and bouts of anxiety and intense insomnia. Can't relate. I know, right? What is that like? Um, Then, on July 5th, he went to the bank and withdrew all $6,000 in there. Okay. He also emptied a safety deposit box containing thousands of dollars worth of jewelry, gold, and platinum. Two days later, on July 7th, he attempted to enter the United States via ferry from Victoria, British Columbia, to Seattle. The border agents were suspicious of all of his cash and valuables and suspected he might be a drug trafficker, so they pulled him aside and did a background search. He was found to have convictions on drug and assault charges and was denied entry. There's, I don't know what they, they were, but... So he didn't get in. 
feel um, like it's hard to get in trouble in Canada, so he must have been a bad dude. He was a nice man. Oh. I think okay. he was a nice man. But he had assault charges. Yeah. <laughs> Gray area. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So then, in the early morning hours of July 9th, he was discovered by Canadian Border Patrol officers attempting to cross the border on foot. Ow. <laughs> attempting to cross the border on foot at the Pacific Highway border crossing, and he his hands and legs were covered in scratches. Um, he matched the description of a man who was implicated in automobile theft, and the vehicle had been discovered abandoned near the Pacific Highway border crossing, so they, like, took him aside again and wouldn't let him enter the country, but then... It wasn't him. I like that they're doing all this crack police work on things that, like, don't matter. But every time there's, like, a real thing, it's just, like... Mm-hmm. And then the police were, like... They were, like, See what's... you in 45 minutes. We're gonna hide the crime. <laughs> we're gonna go hide the crime. <laughs> One second, we gotta hide the crime. <laughs> um, so then he went and quit his job and bought a plane ticket to Frankfurt, Germany. He then went to his friend's house and asked her to take him to the border, and she was like, no. So he left. He bought a ticket from where to Frankfurt? From Vancouver. And then friend asked his friend to drive to the border? Mm-hmm. Not yeah. the airport? Yes, correct. Okay. Uh, he then went to the airport, and instead of getting on the flight to Frankfurt, he got his ticket, ticket refunded, used that money to rent a Nissan Ultima, and then once again drove down to the Canadian-U.S. border. Hmm. This time he got through, he drove to the Seattle airport, and then bought a ticket for the first flight out to D.C. Hmm. Yes. <laughs> he landed early on Wednesday, July 9th, and immediately rented a... Oh, 10th. Early on July 10th, and immediately rented a Toyota Camry... And then drove the 500 miles from D.C. to Knoxville, Tennessee. Okay. The first person to see him in Knoxville was this man named Gerald Sapp, who was an interstate repair service driver. And he had been called to a gas station where Adams had, like, pulled over and been like, I can't get my car to start. Hmm. And then Sapp was like, that's because the key that you're using is for a Nissan Altima, not for a Toyota Camry. Oh, he says, I asked him to look in his pockets. I said, if you drove this thing up here, you've got to have another key in your pockets. And he wouldn't look. So I thought he was nuts. But he was bound and determined that he had the key he needed for that car. But he was like, I don't have it. I only have this one key to the Nissan Altima, even though I just got out of this Toyota right. Camry. So Sap arranged to have the car towed to a local repair shop. And then he dropped Adams off at the Fairfield Inn in Knoxville. Um, there's CCTV footage of Adams doing weird stuff in the lobby. He entered and exits, he enters and exits five times over the course of an hour before finally asking the receptionist for a room. So Hmm. the receptionist is like, okay, he gives him a hundred dollars in cash. And then as the receptionist was getting his change, he just turned and walked back out of the lobby and never came back. Never used the room. So he paid for a room he never stayed in. Mm Mm-hmm. That was at 7.37 p.m., and that was the last time anyone saw him alive. No. So, the next morning, his body was found in a parking lot about a mile from the motel. His shirt had been ripped open, and his pants had been removed. Both of his socks were inside out, lying on the ground next to him with his shoes and pants. 
There was about $4,000 in Canadian, American, and German money lying around him. There was a black duffel bag which contained maps and travel receipts, and there was a fanny pack which held five ounces of gold bars, gold and platinum coins, jewelry, the Toyota keys, and a pair of sunglasses. Uh, He was covered in cuts and bruises that the coroner said were consistent with fighting someone off. Mm -hmm. Um, The cause of death was a hard blow to his abdomen that ruptured his stomach. Whoa. And there was evidence that he had been sexually assaulted. The only physical DNA evidence found at the scene was one strand of long hair that was gripped in Adam's hands. So, according to interviews with his mother, he had been acting oddly in the weeks prior to leaving Canada, obviously. But she said he wouldn't tell her what was bothering him and then noted that he had been sober for two years. Hmm. Um. And another thing to note was that he previously worked on a project in Frankfurt for his stepfather's construction company, and he had also dated a German woman in Frankfurt. But then later she told law enforcement he had never said anything about visiting. Hmm. And that's it. We don't know anything else. Interesting. Do we think that someone, like, followed him? I don't know if someone followed him. He definitely had been saying, like, someone's trying to kill me. Do we think that it was, like, a paranoid delusion? Possibly, but then he also was then murdered. Yeah. So right. it wasn't that paranoid. And they didn't take any of the shit that he had with him. Right. He had, like, a bunch of money and platinum and jewelry. Right. And they didn't take any of it. Do we think that it's a scenario where he, like, picked up a prostitute and then he got crazy and then she, like, in defending herself, like, elbowed him so hard in the abdomen that he his, like, that it insides exploded? But he had, he had, like, evidence of fighting someone off. So she would have had to really go berserker But didn't him. he also already have, scr- like, he had scratches and bruises when he tried to cross over the border before? Just scratches, and they were just on his hands and legs. This was, like, his whole body. Hmm. I read on... It sounds to me like someone just, like, running through the brush. Yeah, but not fighting off someone wounds. Right. I read a thing that was, like, that said that the injury was, like, consistent with the amount of force that a car would hit you with. But I only read that once, and I don't know if I believe that. That sounds like some Dalatov fast shit. I know. I mean, was there evidence that he was hit by a car? Mm-mm. I don't think he was hit by a car. I don't either. But someone, like, sexually assaulted him and, like, murdered him by hitting him in, in the stomach. And then, like, left all the sh- expensive yeah, shit. Yeah, that's the thing that sticks for me is that... If someone is trying to murder someone, they don't typically murder them by hitting them really hard in the stomach. That's not, like, the first (laughs) go-to. I don't mean to laugh at... (laughs) But you know what I mean? That's what makes me think that it must have been not an intentional murder. It must have been, like, an accidental homicide. why would you also steal all that shit? I think if someone was, like, accosting you... Maybe he had his fuck. I think... I honestly think it could have been a prostitute. But a prostitute he might have stolen, sorry, sex worker. And his pants were off, his socks were off, his shoes were off, they were all laid out. His shirt was ripped. But if I was a sex worker, I probably would have at least taken, like, I wouldn't have taken the stuff, but I would have taken some of the money at least. Me too, but I also think that maybe if that were the scenario, let's say, like, he hired a sex worker and then he got like scared her in some way that made her like you know hit him hit him and run off or fight him and run off 
A, the scratches and stuff that, like, seem consistent with fighting someone off could have been, like... Her fighting her him fighting off. him off. And then hitting him in the stomach and just running for her fucking life. Like, maybe she mm-hmm. didn't steal anything because she didn't know that she killed him. He probably was, yeah. like, coughing up some blood and shit, and she just ran. That's possible. That's very... I hadn't even considered that. That's to- why we bring these cases to you. <laughs> the dedicated detectives who solve <laughs> these vicious crimes are members of an elite squad known as Mystery Team Inc. These are their stories. Dun dun! Mm. I love a dun dun. Don't you think? Doesn't that seem more consistent? Yeah. This is what I think. I think that he was having paranoid delusions that he was being watched or followed. Mm-hmm. And that's why he was like running all around and like bringing gold bars across the border and shit. And then I think he like took this weird flight and got in this weird car. And I think he was, I mean, someone even said like, I thought he was nuts. That's why mm-hmm. I, you know, whatever. And the, t- the key was on him for sure. When right. he was like, the car doesn't work. So right. that's definitely. The only reason I could think that someone wouldn't then just like produce the key would be like, Oh, I don't want to reach into my, I don't want to dig through my stuff. Cause there's five grand in cash in here or something. Mm-hmm. So he didn't want to, like, look for it because he was, like, afraid that he would give away that he was, like, carrying all that cash or something. Oh. Because if I had five grand in a duffel bag in my backseat and I asked a stranger at a gas station to help me with my car and he was like, that's the wrong key. You must have the right key. Let's, let's just look in your bag. I'd be like, no, thanks. It's fine. I'll figure it out. Do you know what <laughs> I mean? It's fine. Just tow it. I'll go to this motel. Yeah. Oh. If I couldn't find it, I'd be just, like, just get me out of here. Like, yeah. Especially if I was, like, having paranoid delusions. I was running away from something. Mm-hmm. Either that, or it was a very weirdly executed mob hit. Do you know what I mean? Like, they yeah, followed him like to Knoxville. They were new. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, the, they let the rookie do it, yeah. and he just, like, they hit him like, in the stomach and they ran. They like, take him down, and he got there and was like, ah! and, and just, like, elbowed him and ran. <laughs> and they were like, did you get the stuff? And he was like, I elbowed him in the stomach. Because also, the thing with the motel sounds kind of like Elisa Lammy to me. Mm-hmm. It's very Elisa Lammy. The walking in and out mm-hmm. and then getting a room and then just piecing it mm-hmm. forever. But Did, if he genuinely thought someone was following him, mm-hmm. that's a smart move. Pay for a hotel room totally. and put it under your name and then leave. Totally. I agree. Um, did, was there any information about where he was? He, was he found dead in the car? Mm-mm. He was lying in the parking lot. Yeah, that sounds like someone fucking elbowed him and ran. Or, like, hit him with something you, heavy. Yeah, I was going to say, can like, you rupture? Carries a bag of bricks I also for protection. One or books or something. That said that he had injuries on his head consistent with being hit by, like, a crowbar or something. But can you rupture a human stomach with a crowbar? Is that true or not true? Like, do we have, do we know? I don't know. There's, like, a bunch of different, account, like, versions of the story mm. that are... I think you could definitely rupture some internal organs with a crowbar. You could fracture a skull with a crowbar. That's true. But you could also have, I think, I mean, it depends, but I think you could also have, like, injuries on the head, lacerations and stuff like that from, like, smacking your head, the back of your head into the car mm-hmm. if someone knocked you the fuck over. Yeah. What if you, do you think you could stomp on someone and rupture their stomach? Totally. If you wait enough. if it was bruised. Like, yeah. it, oh. My brain went, I want to try that. No. I don't. Don't. I don't know why it said that. Mm-mm. I really don't want to try that. <laughs> anyway, I think I solved it. I think you did. <laughs> Yay. I think it was a woman defending herself. I agree. So Because we also know this guy had assault charges. He had assault charges. 
Another mystery solved by half of Mystery TV. (laughs) (laughs) And he would have gotten away with it, too. If it weren't for Maggie in a closet. (laughs) Um, And what was the other thing he had been charged with? Robbery? Drug and... Dude, he was fucking doing drugs and thought someone was following him. And then he assaulted a woman and she beat the shit out of him. And they were like, wow, that's weird. What happened? We don't know. Boys will be boys. I hope that's what happened. Should we take a break? Yeah. I'm just going to ride this high of solving a mystery. I've so never done it before. <laughs> no, we're going to have to change it's our first name. for Mystery Team Inc. You could still be Mystery Team Inc. if no. you successfully solve the mystery. After the first solve, you have to change it. <laughs> oh, do we become like a like a yellow belt in mysteries? Mm-hmm. What was our other... What did we just say 15 minutes ago that our other thing would be? Answers Squad, Answer Squad LLC. Yeah, now we're Answer Squad LLC. Now we're asshole. <laughs> Classic asshole. <laughs> You're such an asshole. We'll be right back. We'll be right back. After no messages. Mm. We're back. We're back. Ready for my mystery? Mm, ready to solve another one. <laughs> just get our hopes up. So I found this one through Dateline. Great. Which is amazing because Keith Morrison is so good. And Lester Holt was on this one too. Um, and the title of this uh, Dateline episode was What Happened to the Beauty Queen? Mm. I know. I die. The problem was that there was no video of it online. Like I got one to work for a little bit, but then the rest were all just like scams. They were oh. like, you need to download Flash. And I was like, that's so weird. I just downloaded Flash. And then I was like, oh, so this weird, doesn't even link to... This doesn't link to Flash. Like, it's all a lie. Anyway, long story short, I had to get... I Then I did a bunch of research on the story. There's no Wikipedia about it. There's no information about it. I could only, like, piece together articles. So I just went through the transcript of the Dateline episode. Oh, my God. How long was that? Long. It's like an hour-long episode. Oh, my God. Okay. So, Russellville, Arkansas. Mm-hmm. 2005. I'm there. <laughs> Nona Meyer was a one-time pageant contestant at the Miss Arkansas pageant. She was a student majoring in music education at Arkansas Tech, and she was in the church choir. <laughs> Do I sound like Keith Morrison? Mm-hmm. She was dating her high school sweetheart, Kevin. <laughs> Kevin went off to college, and they stayed in love and in a long-distance relationship. Sure they did, Kevin. But seven years ago, this is a quote, he didn't give a fig whom he impressed or who or didn't. <laughs> Bless you, Keith Morrison. So. Hey, man, I don't give a fig whom I impress <laughs> or don't. Yeah. So they talked all day, most days via text. And when Kevin wouldn't respond, Nona would send him a text saying, are you alive? Like to fuck with him. Mm-hmm. Like we do now still. Yes. December 15th of 2005, Nona hadn't reached out to Kevin since the morning, which was weird because she was usually the one that was like, talk to me. Yeah. Yeah. Per usual. And, um, Kevin texted her, you alive? Like to fuck with her because he stole her joke. But she didn't respond and like red flags went up. Kevin was supposed to drive his mom Janice to a Christmas party. And in the car, his mom said... There are lots of reasons that she might not be answering her phone. Um, But then when he got back, she still wasn't answering her phone. And so he called his friend Ryan, who delivered pizza near her apartment. Smart. 
and because it's 2005 and they didn't share the locations yet and he asked her or he asked ryan to go check on her so ryan called kevin and he was like something is weird like her car is here at her apartment and the lights are on in her apartment but like i went to the door and no one answered so that was like a super, like a huge red flag. So Kevin came over there and met Ryan in the parking lot. How and far they, away was Kevin? I think he was like an hour away. Okay. Uh, I'm not positive, but like she was, he was going to college in a different city. But it's still in Alabama. Yeah. Okay. Arkansas. Arkansas. In my brain, he was in Florida. No. Um, this is a quote. Ryan and I knocked and knocked and rang the doorbell and nobody came and we started to get a little frantic. So the two men ran around the condo to Nona's back door. Kevin says that he rushed up to the sliding glass door without taking a moment to look inside. Quote, so when I was grabbing the handle, Ryan touched me and he said, do you not see her? And I looked at him and said, dude, there she is. She was like laying in the front room. No. Kevin threw open the back door, which was unlocked, and he ran in and he straddled her and began performing CPR and she didn't wake up. He called his mom, and his mom called 911 on the way. Police and paramedics came, and then they asked Kevin to come down to the station to answer a few questions. Um, the way they describe the scene of that in the Dateline episode is, like, really heartbreaking. Like, Janice says, like, you know, the room was, like, it was, like, a little apartment, and, like, it was, like, swarming with police and paramedics, and she just, like, all of a sudden heard from across the room, like, heard Kevin, like, howl. And, and then he heard, she heard him say like, is she dead? And they were like, yeah. Kev. Um, what started as a few questions turned into an hours long interrogation. They did a polygraph test and you can watch the interrogation. It's part of the Dateline episode. And this is like one part of the video that I got to work. And it's like classic. Like they're like, so where were you? And he was like, in all these places that I said I was. And they're like, we're, I mean, except for when, like, when were you were in, in her apartment? He's like, when I got there at night, like, when I came there. And they were like, and in the morning when you killed her. And he was like, no. Oh, shut the fuck up. And he's like, do you know what even happened to her? And they're like, you tell us. And he's like, I don't know. It's really terrible. Um, oh, can you they imagine asked, being interrogated like that right after finding someone you love dead? Right. They asked in the polygraph, did you cause the death of Nona Dirksmeyer? And Kevin said, the man who gave me the polygraph said that he had never seen anybody fail the test worse in his 20-some-odd years. He said, there's no doubt in my mind that you killed her. Oh. For Detective Mark Frost, who was running the interrogation, it was his first homicide case. Oh. Nona had been stabbed repeatedly around the neck and chest and bashed on the head. The medical examiner said that what killed Nona... That, that, sorry, that that was what killed Nona, like the bludgeoning. Mm -hmm. The police told Carol, Nona's mother, that this had to be a very personal attack, not something that a stranger could have done, but something that Kevin could have done. Oh, God. The first thing they said to Carol was that Kevin was probably the person that killed her. A week later, there was a press conference at which the police told the Russellville public, don't worry, we know who committed this crime. So oh it God. turned into and yet like they stopped this motherfucker at the Canadian border. Because right, of that's his... what I'm saying. Like <sighs> crack police work. So this was, and it's a small town, and so it became like the cover of every newspaper was like Kevin killed his girlfriend. Basically, not kidding. It was like it was local like, beauty you know queen slain, Kevin? and like Kevin is in custody. I don't ever want to live in a town where someone can say my first name and they know they know who you're talking about. 
Kevin maintained his innocence, and he had multiple alibis throughout the day. But they discovered his bloody palm print on the light bulb of the lamp in her apartment that had been used to bludgeon her. His parents literally bet the farm on his innocence. They put up their personal farm for collateral to get him a defense team. Oh, my God. Is that handprint going to come back? Yeah. Okay, great. So they petitioned to have his trial held in a neighboring city because it, mm-hmm. he, they said he couldn't get a fair trial in yeah. Russellville. Um, during his trial, the defense argued, like, yeah, no, duh, his bloody handprint could have gotten on the lamp. Like, he was performing CPR on her. Was it a full handprint? It was a palm print. Okay. So he could have been, like, performing CPR and then, like, touched the lamp. Like, hit the lamp out of the way or something. Yeah. Um, he was literally trying to revive her. Like, of course he got his blood on her, and of course it could have gotten all over the apartment. Mm-hmm. Um, and Ryan was there, so Ryan can corroborate that, that, that he was trying to revive her. Um, as for fingerprints... The cops only fingerprinted the area immediately surrounding the body. Brilliant. There was blood by the front door. There was blood on the Venetian blinds. And there was a condom wrapper on the kitchen counter. Oh my dear lord. The cops went upstairs to the bathroom to see if it had been flushed, but they didn't fingerprint the handle. (sighs) The glass door where the perpetrator must have gone out was not fingerprinted inside or out. And it was unlocked. Oh mm-hmm. my God, this is unbelievable. The kitchen floor, where the condom the condom was on the kitchen counter, the kitchen floor would have been a great place to look for footprints. Nothing. The defense sent the condom wrapper off for DNA testing. It had male DNA on it, but it wasn't Kevin's. The prosecution argued that Kevin had killed Nona in the morning because he had found the condom wrapper and was jealous that she was cheating on him and then killed her and then left and then called Ryan that night and like sent him to discover the body. Brilliant. That was what the prosecution claimed. God damn. Luckily, Kevin was acquitted. Great. I'm so angry. Kevin's father, Hiram Jones, completely out of money, asked Kevin's legal team if they would, like, do him a favor. He was like, I want to find out who actually killed Nona. Kevin's dad was like, I'm out of money. Like, I'm going to give you whatever I have left. Like, I'm hiring you to figure out who killed Nona. That makes me want to cry a little. I know. And I have goosebumps. He said, this is what I've got. I don't know how much I need. I don't know how much I can pay you, but I need this. The lawyers agreed to help, and they asked an investigator named Tom Steffi to work the case. Immediately, Tom Steffi was like, who the fuck's DNA is on that condom wrapper? Absolutely. So, and it didn't match any DNA in the database. And so Tom was like, all right, let's go through the garbage in her apartment building and see if it matches anyone that, like, would have been around at the time. What a great first step. Right. But nothing came up. Then, two months after Kevin's acquittal and more than a year after Nona's death... Steffi's police chief told him to question a suspect in a recent burglary, a man named Gary Dunn, and Steffi's eyes widened at that. My chief looked at me and I said, do you know who he is? And he said, yes, he was one of the neighbors of Nona Dirksmeyer. His bedroom window looked directly across a small parking lot at Nona's bedroom window. Oh my God. So Tom Steffi asked him for his DNA and his fingerprints so that he could like rule him out if he wasn't, you know, involved. And he obliged. Um, 
But the only way to pay for the DNA test was to ask the Jones family to pay for it. And they were like out of money. But eventually they scraped together the $600 to do the lab test on Gary Dunn's DNA. Tom says, I said, it matches, doesn't it? He said, it matches Gary Dunn. The results strongly suggested that the DNA on the condom wrapper was left by Nona's neighbor, Gary Dunn. Gary had an alibi. He said that he was shopping with his mother on December 15th. So Steffi went to the store where they were shopping. This is 2005, but they didn't have cameras. But they had boxes and boxes of old records and receipts. She had been murdered over a year ago. Mm -hmm. Tom Steffi said, it was the old-fashioned sign-the-slip kind of receipt. How many boxes did you go through? I have no idea. Hours and hours. God, I Went love Went through Tom. every receipt in that store. And then he found it. He found a receipt that showed that Gary and his mom were shopping on December 13th, not the 15th, which is the day that Nona was murdered, like they said they were. None of the receipts from the stores that Dunn and his mother said they were shopping at gave him an alibi for the time that Nona was killed. I'm so angry because I know that this is unsolved, so that means that I'm about to not feel the sense of closure I feel right now. Right. Great. Dunn's trial opened in April 2010. His own wife testified that he was violent in bed with her and that weeks before Nona's death, she caught him hanging around Nona's front door in the middle of the night. Jennifer, taking the stand for the first time, testified not only about regular sexual abuse she said Gary inflicted on her in their marriage, but of a potentially telltale incident just weeks before Nona's murder. It was about 3 a.m. when Jennifer says she noticed Gary was not in bed, so she went outside to look for him and saw him exiting Nona's apartment door just <gasps> down the hill, quote-unquote. An angry Jennifer confronted her husband and went over to berate Nona and another un unidentified young woman who was with her. So it sounds like he had been, like, harassing Nona. Like, he probably went and knocked on her door and was like, hey, can I borrow a cup of sugar or some bullshit? Mm -hmm. Who um, is this young woman? We don't know. She was with Nona. But we don't know who she is. We never find out who she is. Mm -mm. Oh, Lord. But the defense was like, the state was not being honest about the DNA that was on the condom wrapper. It was only a mixed partial ma match to Gary Dunn. They said, any thousand million billions of people are also not excluded. The defense said that when he gave his alibi, he had gotten his days mixed up. He was at home. They asked for receipts and DNA, and he had cooperated in full. Like, he's obviously innocent. What are the, do you know that I'm, I don't know why, but would you possibly know the actual numbers on, like, how likely it is that he, that mixed partial match... No, but it's not enough to make that argument. It's not a thousand million right. billion. Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Are you sure? It's definitely not a thousand million billion. The defense said that the alibi they should be examining was Kevin's. Great. They said that Kevin's whole family was covering for him, and including his grandmother, who gave testimony during his trial about Kevin's whereabouts that day. And then the jury came back deadlocked. The judge declared a mistrial. The prosecutor promptly refiled murder charges, and Gary Dunn's second trial began in 2011. This time, the judge allowed the prosecutor to reveal a very dark fact about Gary Dunn. He was a convicted felon before Nona was murdered. Ooh. Jurors heard from a woman named Kelly Jo Fitzharris, who I think has since been married. Her name is Kelly Doyle now. 
who happened to have had the grave misfortune of jogging past Gary Dunn on the wrong day on the wrong in the wrong place in in 2002. It's a popular trail for runners, but it's very isolated. She saw a man sitting on a bench, and as she ran up the trail, she heard footsteps behind her, and when she turned around, the man had a huge stick. He hit her over the head with it and knocked her down and hit her repeatedly. She wiggled away and ran as fast as she could, calling for help, pretending there was somebody nearby. The police came, which was fucking smart. Mm -hmm. The police came later, and they found, this is the creepiest sentence I've ever read, they found Gary Dunn hiding in the water. Ugh! Uh, uh, I, that creeped me out so much. Ew. They arrested the image him. That I have of that me too. Is it's so really fucking, fucking creepy. Gross. They arrested him and he spent eighteen months in jail. That's worse than like like why wouldn't you just leave? Yeah. He was uh, he was sentenced to five years and he got out early. He spent eighteen months in jail. Of course. And then newly out on parole, he moved into Nona's apartment complex and set up house directly across the parking lot months before Nona's death. A defense expert countered the DNA evidence, and since all the other evidence was circumstantial, the second trial resulted in a hung jury again. How? Kevin Jones ended up suing the Arkansas police for dicking it, ruining his life, and for allegedly lying on video about the results of Gary Dunn's polygraph. Oh, really? Mm Mm-hmm. So apparently, before Kevin was considered the prime suspect they had interviewed other people in the complex mm-hmm. and they had actually even brought Gary Dunn in for a polygraph and he had failed it but it was all on video and in the video like no one can find the video so who knows but I mean police tend to like lose things quote oh, unquote sure. when so they lost. when it doesn't yeah um but in the video he, they with Gary in the room the detective asks the polygraph examiner if he passed and he says no and he says I'll make it say that he did <gasps> Kevin Jones was denied admission to Arkansas Tech, and so after all that, he sued the whatever Arkansas Police Department for ten million dollars for the Michigan. Yeah, he lost the suit, but as of two thousand fourteen, he was in law school. Oh, Kev. Yeah, because think about the fact that like his girlfriend, like, love of his life, like, uh, high school sweetheart that he was, like, planning on marrying someday got murdered, and he got blamed for it, and then the whole town hated him, and then, and the police lied. Yeah. Then, in December of 2018, (gasps) while you and I were having Greystone Mansion dreams, and... Oh, my God. Um... Officers said they responded at about 7.40 p.m. to the parking lot of the First Baptist Church in the 200 block of South Denver Avenue to investigate a possible kidnapping attempt. When police arrived, the suspect had already left the scene, but the victim and witness provided a description of both the suspect and his vehicle, which was broadcast to surrounding agencies. The victim, a 40-year-old woman, told officers that a man approached her in the parking lot and attempted to force her into her vehicle. The victim said that she was able to break free, and then the man... And the man then left the area by vehicle. Police said officers were already investigating another incident that occurred on the campus of Arkansas Tech University at about 7.20 p.m., where a female was approached by a suspect who asked her to step out of her vehicle. The female called 911, and the suspect left. The suspect and the vehicle description were similar in both cases. Mm -hmm. Gary Dunn was arrested, 
He is currently being held at the Pope County Detention Center for Center for Attempted Kidnapping. His trial will be held April 16th, 2019. If convicted, he will fa- face a maximum sentence of life in prison. Well, we will be keeping tabs on that piece of shit. We sure fucking will. I, that is like so much police incompetence in one story. They ditched the initial investigation. I'm so curious. They pinned it on a 17 or whatever, like a 19 year old kid. Nana was 19 when she's murdered and her boyfriend, I think was the same age. Literally in his previous, uh, like kidnap or murder or rape attempt. He, it's the same MO. It's the same MO. He hit the girl over the head with a stick and bludgeoned her with it, and she did the same thing with a fucking standing lamp in her apartment. Mm-hmm. And it's obviously sexually motivated, which is why the condom wrapper was there. He probably yeah. flushed the condom down the toilet. I'm curious if there's a reason they're protecting him, other than, like, like patriarchy solidarity. I think that at the time it was, like... It's a small town, local beauty queen, Miss, like, Teen Arkansas contestant is murdered, and they just, like, had to pin it on somebody. But they had, he also failed his polygraph, so they could have pinned it on him instead. Totally. Like, yeah, like, why did they go after Kevin and not the convicted felon? Why didn't they say, we have two main suspects, let's maybe run a couple tests. Yeah. Let's test the DNA on the condom wrapper against our two people who failed the polygraph it's interesting too because it's like they gave that press conference and they were like we got him don't worry we got the guy like it just makes me feel like they had more on they had motive for kevin that's what i'm and i don't th- i don't think that the police even tested the dna wrapper because the defense tested it for kevin i know but th- what i'm saying is why that didn't they do that why fucking didn't i think they were they? trying to cover their own incompetence so they were like kevin has an mo we didn't fingerprint anything but we can make like we can get kevin on just the fact that yeah. His palm print was on the lamp. Like, that seemed like it was a... Mm-hmm. And it's not about finding the truth. It's about building a case. Right. Which is unfortunate. Yeah. But the thing is, like, the defense man? the defense is totally right. Like, yeah, of course he could have touched the lamp with his bloody hand mm-hmm. when he was reviving his girlfriend. Yeah. Like, right. what? <laughs> it just... It just makes me so angry. Yeah, me too. But thankfully, Gary Dunn is in police custody at the moment and he will be tried in april for the attempted kidnapping of those two women good and they'll be like uh what about the handprint and then he'll and kelly the jogger that he attacked when he was arrested or maybe right before he was arrested came out to like the media about her news or about sorry came out to like the news about her story because she testified that thing about what happened when she was jogging, but it wasn't, like, widely publicized at the time. And then she, like, recently came out and was like, yo, you fucking she was guys. like, hey, also, by the way. Yeah. God, that's so fucked up. Yeah. That's so... It's so scary to yep. be a woman. <laughs> I know. Aww. It also follows a progression. He attacks a woman in the forest mm-hmm. with a stick. And then he, like, lets her run off. Well, she gets away. Yeah, but... And he's like, okay, so I gotta do it somewhere that she mm-hmm. can't get away. Yeah. And he has visual on her all the time. His mm-hmm. window looks into her window. And he had just gotten released from prison. And was abusive to his wife. And his wife literally saw him go- coming back and forth from Nona's apartment. Mm-hmm. I'm curious how that interaction went between the wife and Nona and her friend. Me too. I'm very curious what that was. I want to know. God, that's so fucked up. But we don't know. I mean, we kind of know. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go with 93% sure. 
The real mystery is what the fuck are cops ever doing? <laughs> yeah, for real. That is such. That's the mystery. What yeah. are you doing? Yeah. Or why are you not doing what you should be doing? Right. God, that just this wasn't like the seventies where like you didn't mind. have DNA. That's crazy. Well, this episode wasn't very funny. No, but it was. It was informative though. Mm-hmm. These are good mysteries. I mean, I feel the same amount of fury that I usually feel. That's a good sign. So, do you feel a little bit of relief knowing that, like, at least he might get put away for something? Like, yeah, at least he'll be off the streets. Yeah, but it feels like uh, he could have just been put away for murder. And yeah, it's then not those enough. Women wouldn't have suffered the trauma of being attacked being by attacked a murderer. By a literal murderer. Yeah. It's not enough. It's a consolation prize. Mm. Can I tell you something that'll cheer you up? Yeah. I'm listening to the audiobook of Proof of Collusion. Oh my god, I want to listen to it so bad. It's amazing. Who narrates it, Seth? Mm-hmm. I think it is. I <gasps> think it's him. What's his voice sound like? Well, it's great. It's very, but it makes me laugh because the whole thing like sounds very professional, and then he has to say things like he has to like read tweets because they're part of the. <laughs> Thing. So he's like the whole no. thing. He's like, you know, like the ambassador to Russia in Moscow, blah blah blah. To which you know Donald Trump tweeted, "The PP tapes are not <laughs> a thing" or whatever. And then I was listening to it today, and I was like, "Oh my god, I really wish that Ron Howard read it because there are so many things oh that sound like Arrested god. Development. Like there's a part where he goes like, Jared Kushner said that like you know something's X Y Z. This of course." was false. <laughs> and it just, like, sounds like an episode of Rust Oh, my God. When someone makes a, a movie about this, when it's over and we're you want Ron Howard to narrate it? I want Ron Howard to narrate it. Ron Howard, if you're out there Well, we know you're out there. But if you're, if but you're, if you're listening, listening, will you please... Can we get Ron Howard's people on the phone, please? <laughs> yes. Please narrate a movie about DJ. We could just literally call it Arrested Development. It's exactly what's happening. Yeah. And then we can throw Job in. Yeah. We did it. We did it. We and solved we solved a mystery. We solved two. Mm-hmm. Good for us. Good for us. Well, We're I guess two that's for, the end. Two for f- 17. <laughs> oh, there's 16. This is the 17th episode, but they're each two. Mm-hmm. So we're two for 30. <laughs> two for... Th- 34? No. 16 times two is 32. So... Yeah, but this is this 17. This is 34. We're two for... 34. Two for, th- two for 34. Good for us. Good job, Matt. We don't know. Stay in your lane. Investigate properly. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. Oh, wait. Follow us on Instagram at Mystery Team Inc. Follow us on Twitter at Mystery Team Inc. 1. Email us your unsolicited stories at... Well, now they're solicited. Email us your solicited stories at Mystery Team Incorporated at gmail.com. And uh, text us at no, 555. No, 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 no. Resist your government. Yeah. Resist your government. Listen to proof of collusion. We and Mueller, she wrote. Oh, yeah. Mm. It's a good podcast. We love you. Bye. Bye. Say it back. We love you. <laughs> <laughs> Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. 
The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.